0: They were in the school champ behind our bench, you know, with 30 seconds left, and Mr. Will started doing it with them, and then they started chanting Ziggy, Ziggy, and he loved it. He was on cloud nine to go to where he is from. I believe they grew up pretty
1: passionate Giants fans. They were yeah, to get a win big deal for meant a lot yeah. to them,
2: so that was fun. And welcome to another edition of Under Center with Kirk Cousins, Mark Rosen, your host. Back with you and. All smiles today, Kirk. A 28-10 yeah. win over the Giants in New York on Sunday afternoon and after breaking down film. What stood out to, to you about the overall effectiveness of this team and in particular this offense?
0: Well, I felt the offense in the first half was uh, about as dynamic as you can be. I think points were uh, the frustration to only have 18 points at halftime because when you actually looked at yards gained and plays made, we left a lot of points out there, settling for field goals and then fumbling on the one-yard line. Um, fortunately, our defense only gave up 10 points, which uh, really gave us a somewhat of a comfortable lead for much of the game. Uh, I continue to feel like our defense uh, prevents points, if you will. They may allow yards, and they may allow, you know, it feels like the mm-hmm. other team's moving the ball, but then you look up at the scoreboard, and there's still a small number of points. And in all three of our wins, really in all of our games, it's been that way. And uh so that when you have a defense like that cuz ultimately that's all it's about is points you know you can talk about yards third down conversions red zone conversions all that but at the end of the day you got to get points one way or another. And um, in our three wins, it's really been a large margin of victory. So that's exciting to, to think about. And then also in our losses, we really haven't lost in a blowout game where it's gone the other way. And so we've been in every game, and, um, and hopefully that bodes well for the future. But really balanced attack, running mm-hmm. the ball, throwing mm-hmm. the ball, staying ahead of the chains. Um, you can point to a lot of different players and their contribution yesterday.
2: After sluggish starts on the road in Green Bay and Chicago, there seemed to be a renewed emphasis on – Starting fast, and in particular, getting uh, you and your receivers into a quick rhythm.
0: Yeah, well, it was good to start with points. You know, get a field goal on the first drive. We really have have had a great drive to start every game. When you look at even the two losses, we convert a third and ten in Chicago. We moved down past the fifty. We didn't convert a third and ten, but we had a seven or eight play drive to start the game, which is a lot better than a three and out. And then in Green Bay, much the same. We got down into field goal range. You know, in a hostile environment, drove the ball. Had another seven or eight play drive. Didn't convert a third down, had to settle for a field goal, missed the field goal. But I've been pleased with the way we've started fast. Again, not points wise, but started fast in terms of converting third downs and moving the ball to at least switch field position. And uh, and get going right away, uh, you know, right off the bus.
2: Did you sense Kirk early on that you were going to uh, find a lot of open turf against uh, an inexperienced uh, Giants secondary? In fact, front seven maybe because I know oh. they had some of their linebackers uh, that were not playing uh, on Sunday as well.
0: Yeah, I think the key for them personnel-wise was um, they were a little thinned out at linebacker with some injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the rest of the pa- you know the pass rush, the secondary, it was really their main guys. Uh, I-, I think they had their starting four in the secondary that they started the season with. So it was really just linebacker that was a little bit thinner, and um, we hoped that we could get after him a little bit, put pressure on him, but uh, we weren't sure if that was going to be more in the pass game or the run game. I guess it proved to be a little bit of both, and um, you know the bootlegs worked this week. I think that mm-hmm. helped quite a bit. Screen game worked. That helped quite a bit, and um, and so it was
2: really kind of an all-around, offensive, you know, multiple approach. Let's talk a little bit more about the bootleg plays and the passing and passing lanes that open up and how effective that makes you as a quarterback when uh, you have when they have to respect a Dalvin Cook uh yeah. you know handing the ball to Dalvin Cook in the backfield.
0: Well, it would seem that they marry well together and that a defender has to either stay in his gap and play Dalvin Cook for the cutback if the ball's handed off or he has to play the bootleg and surrender his gap which allows Dalvin Cook a wider lane to through which to cut back and to put a defender in that bind is great scheme and uh we hope to take advantage of it week in and week out one way or the other. You never really know which one they're going to favor game to game or even play to play. But um, I've really enjoyed um, you know, this system and the bootlegs, and and that's where a lot of our explosive plays came from yesterday. Many times it's in the play-action pass and the screen game as well, but we were able to find a few explosives in the, in the bootlegs, and that made a big difference.
2: The name of this program is Under Center with Kirk Cousins, so let's literally take us Under <laughs> Center with Kirk Cousins on that eleven play, ninety-eight yard drive. You're up three nothing. Still in the first quarter. Uh, a really good punt by the Giants pinned you guys back to the two yard line. You got the hostile crowd yelling in your ear, uh, and and really amazing opening opening up the playbook. A really really effective drive from the get go. It was when we got over there backed
0: up in the end zone. You could hear the Giants fans yelling, you know, right there in the end zone, Cousins, you suck, you know, and it's a TV timeout. And so you're just having to take it for a yeah, good yeah. five minutes while you're just standing there like, geez, these New Yorkers, they won't let up. Uh, so you try to block it out, but it's pretty hard when he's 10 yards away screaming his head off. Probably drunk a little bit, but... uh, No. (laughs) So, uh, stepped into the huddle, and Kevin said in my headset while we were waiting, he said, tell these guys in the huddle we're going 99 yards on this drive. Tell them. And I'm more of a a one-play-at-a-time guy. You know, I don't really like to think about all the plays we have to make to go 99 yards, so I said to him, hey, guys, let's make sure we get out of here and let's let's finish this drive with, with, with a score. Uh, and that was kind of my way of telling them we're going 99 yards, but uh, uh, the key was that third down conversion we had You know, the first two runs were pretty unproductive and now I'm dropping out of my own end zone, which when I take a shotgun snap out of my own end zone I am deeply aware of the safety, the potential for a safety and you have to get out of the pocket if you're going to throw it away, otherwise it's intentional grounding and so you are in a tough spot as a quarterback
3: Three zip Vikings, Minnesota one up two on third down, empty backfield third and eight from, its own, from their own four, Cousins out of the end zone, takes the snap, looks left, passes, and it's caught by Thielen at the 10, and a leaping Adam Thielen gets the first down to the 14-yard line.
0: That football was a hot potato a little bit on that third down, and I found Adam. He sat between two zoning defenders and made a great catch, and then the key was he got vertical. He got north and south right away after the catch and got us a first down, got us out of that end zone, and and gave us some breathing room.
2: People talk about explosive plays, but that in itself, if that play doesn't work, you've got to punt out of your own end zone. That can change the complexion of a game in a flash.
0: We're probably punting from the two-yard line, and now you're pumped punt block you know, potential, uh, uh, your field position now is going to be against you even more so, and, and so to get that third down, convert, and get out of there is a huge sigh of relief, let alone then being able to put more plays together. Um, and many times field position is such an underrated piece of how the game ends up going, and when you can get the ball backed up or even on your own 20 or 25 and move it out, even if you don't get points, to move it out and pin them back can make a big difference in the outcome of a game.
2: There are great running backs, guy guy kind of like Adrian Peterson, who, who are not in on passing situations, even in the prime of his career. Dalvin Cook is in the game. Right. is very effective as a receiver, as long as, mm-hmm. of course, as a running back as well. And that's what was important, a little screen pass on a second and 10 from the 14.
3: Offset eye right behind Cousins. Kirk on a straight drop. It's a screen right to Dalvin. Caught at the 10, shakes a tackle. Turns it up near side to the 15. Stutter step of the 20. Gets to the 25, first down.
0: Yes, uh... A versatile running back is becoming more and more important in this league uh, because of how much of the game is pass protection, because how complex blitzes are. Running backs' eyes, their vision to see the blitzers, to know where to go fit and help the O-line is so important. And a running back who can't do that will find themselves on the bench in passing situations. And then to run routes correctly, to catch the ball, to have a feel for how to help an offense in the pass game for a running back is more and more an important piece of playing the position. And Dalvin's done a great job as a receiver, and yesterday was was the best example. But his ability on a screen pass to set up his blocks, break tackles, and turn three-yard throws into explosive plays it makes a huge difference for our offense and changed the, the feel of that entire drive.
2: Stephon Diggs also caught an eight-yard pass from your 29-yard line, but then kind of a key play, and, and, and a young man we're going to hear from here in a little bit, Ola B.C. Johnson uh, connected on a 23-yard reception what are you seeing with him and how the coaches are using him as his young career continues on here?
3: 37, Cousins play action. He's back to pass. Fires caught wide open. It's B.C. All of B.C. Johnson to the 50 to the 45 near side. And the Colorado State rookie is upended after a gain of 23 yards. That's the longest of his young career, and it's first down, Minnesota.
0: The bootleg to BC is another great example of a bootleg being an explosive play. It's been great to see BC the last two weeks come on, had his first NFL catch last week and now, um, you know, is, is making some plays for us and helping. So it's great to have that third receiver start to come to the forefront and, uh, the more we can build trust and build a, um, a, uh, you know, background of plays together I think it's really going to help us have more confidence as we play together going forward so that was a huge play again got us I think across the 50 kind of set us up now in the strike zone ready to go score.
2: Another rookie Alexander Madison uh, gives uh, Dalvin Cook a blow on the sidelines comes in and just blows up the middle for 19 yards.
4: Stefanski
3: wants more they hustle to the line of scrimmage hand off Madison. Room! 35 30 near side. Make that far side to the 25, and the rookie Alexander Madison is tripped up at the 20-yard line for a gain of 19. It's another first down for the Vikings with 140 and counting to go in the first quarter. They're approaching the red zone with a
2: 3-0 lead. What have you seen from him and his development so far? He's continued to have these,
0: these flash runs where he... Um, you know, makes a big play for us, and it's great to have somebody who can spell Dalvin. Uh, it's unrealistic to expect Dalvin to carry the ball every time, and as the season goes on, and the wear and tear of the season adds up. You're going to need not only two running backs, but likely three or four, and uh, we feel like we have that with Alex and and Mike Boone. But um, I think this drive, you know, as we talked to this, mm-hmm. it's funny that to see like, well, Adam Thielen has a catch for a third down conversion, and then Stefan Diggs makes a big play, and then Dalvin Cook has a screen pass, and BC Johnson catches a shallow or a a, a deep cross, and then. Uh, Alex Madison has a big run and so it's great to see the versatility and how many guys are touching the ball and impacting the offense and I think that's going to be a key thing going forward is that it's not going to be one guy carrying the load every week and while there are bigger names on the team I would expect as a fan watching this that you're going to see 25 make a play and then you're going to see 81 make a play and then you're going to see 14 and 19 some more familiar names make a play and that's okay it can be spread out there is one football and we're going to get a lot of guys involved and there's nothing wrong with that as long as we're moving the ball
2: Take us into the huddle again as the first quarter expires, the first play of the second quarter. On television, they had a shot, a tight shot of you, looking like you're locking eyes with Thielen. Maybe there's some sort of uh, nonverbal communication going on, but was that the call play that passed in the corner of the end zone for the touchdown?
3: And here we go, where Cousins is 2 of 2 for 23 yards on third down. This is third and four. Cousins out of the shotgun. Back to pass, pats it for Thielen to the end zone. Touchdown! Feeling it's a 9-0 lead Minnesota.
0: Well, I think the coverage that they played was ideal for a touchdown pass to Adam. That being said, I mean we ran that play later and it was a check down to Dalvin because they played a different coverage. And so you have to react to the coverage that they play. And um there were other routes that could have moved the chains and gotten us a, a third down conversion, but Adams was the only one that was likely going to get us a touchdown, and so it was great to Have him create that much separation where when the ball is left a little bit short, he's created enough space where the defensive back can't break it up. and um, That was a big play. Anytime you can convert a third down is big, let alone for a touchdown. Because if we don't hit that, again, we're settling for a field goal and it's four points potentially lost. And so that was a big play in the the course of the game.
2: You had over 250 yards passing in the first half. Dalvin Cook already was doing his thing. But as you mentioned, uh, Kirk, it was only 18-7 at the half, so yeah. you feel it could have been more. Yeah, I was frustrated coming off the field. I felt
0: like uh, the third down and goal where I took a sack, uh, thought we should have come away with a touchdown there on that possession, that series, one way or another. Um, and then when Dalvin fumbled on the one-yard line, obviously that one you feel mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. more of a gift to the Giants than it was um, you know, anything else. And so... Points are the name of the game. got to have points. Yards and conversions, other things, you know, sounds good, but you got to have points, and we felt like we had left some out there. Fortunately, our defense played in such a way that it didn't come back to haunt us, but we were acutely aware of that, and, um, um, you know, it was just a weird game because in the second half we called off the dogs a little bit, didn't have the ball as much in the second half, but seemingly called off the dogs, especially late in the fourth quarter, and as a result, you know, you weren't able to be as explosive or do as much as you wanted to. But you do whatever you have to do to get the win, and really, in all of our three wins, the second half of the game has been less than a full offensive performance, more because of the situation of the game mm-hmm, with the lead than anything else.
2: As you mentioned, that could have been uh, definitely a deflating moment when Dalvin Cook got the ball uh, chopped out of his hands by Peppers, but. Anthony Barr then swallowed up the running
0: back. Yeah, complimentary
2: football.
3: Daniel Jones under center. Wayne Gallman out for the game. Hilleman is the tailback. Harrison Smith cheats to the line. Handoff. Safety! It's a safety by the hitman! (laughs) It was Ben Gideon potentially, but Harrison Smith came creeping in, and it's a safety for the Minnesota Vikings.
0: To have our defense step up on the field and blow that up, get us the ball right back with favorable field position. I just can't say enough about complimentary football and how much you know Dan Bailey making field goals yep. and Britton Colquitt being able to switch the field when it comes to punting and getting us out of being backed up and um, our defense stepping up and picking us up or creating a turnover. Boy, does it take the pressure off our offense and vice versa. If we can score points and get a lead, I, I know Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter love that, being able to rush the passer with a lead. So boy, we can help one another have great years when we're when we're playing and firing on all cylinders.
2: As this game wore on, uh, you didn't have to throw as much, and we saw Dalvin Cook on that 41-yard run. Second and 10 from the 50. Offset eye left
3: behind Cousins, working again under center. Handoff goes to Dalvin. Gets some good blocking. 45-40. Angles to the right to the 30. Down to the 25-20. Gets the boundary of the 10, Dalvin! Dalvin Cook with another explosive run. It's a 41-yard gallop First and goal, Minnesota.
2: He is something special. I know we've talked about this, and the Bears shut him down for through a combination of reasons, but he was able to get himself in, in, into gear on, on Sunday. And, and we've talked about this. The are running out of superlatives. But <laughs> from your perspective, again, what makes him so special as the game wears on?
0: Yeah, he continues to, when there are arm tackles, he breaks through them. And there was one run, I remember, on near our sideline in the first half. I believe it was the second quarter. He's he's dead to rights at 5 yards and he gets 6 or 7 more and I, I watched the film and I'm running it back saying I don't know how he does that I don't know why he's so difficult to tackle but he is and you at this point have to acknowledge it as fact. It isn't the sample size is large enough now where you see he's turning a 5-yard gain into a 12-yard gain and when that's the difference between converting and moving the chains or punting it's a big deal and um, we continue to say how do we get Dalvin Cook the football because if week-to-week week it's not the run game, how can we get him involved in the pass game, the screen game, and other ways so that the football is still in his hands in open space and then he can have a positive impact on our offense?
2: After Dalvin's 41-yard run, you had first and goal at the 9. So again, take us in the huddle. Uh, you had you went to Thielen. You went up high in the back of yeah. the end zone, really about the only place. Either he was going to catch that ball right. or no one was going to catch that ball. Right. So talk to us about that that play call.
3: Cousins, back to pass, fires to the end zone, and it's caught by Thielen! Yes! Touchdown, Adam Thielen! A nine-yard touchdown, his second today, the second from the arm of Kirk Cousins, and Minnesota leads 24-10. Yeah,
0: that's a play we've repped since April, and I've loved it since April. Uh, It's one of my favorites, and um, had a good feeling. You know, we got a, a look that I thought was the right look after the play... Uh, was was snapped, and I turned my back to the defense to make the play fake. When I looked up, it actually was a different look than I thought. But you react. And I saw Janoris Jenkins low along the front of the end zone, and I knew I could get it over him, but it was going to be tight. And if I put it high enough, it would be a safe throw to Adam or nobody. And um, it was Adam. And you know he, he caught it, and I was nervous when he caught it that he did not get two feet down or that it wasn't a completed catch because he ran out of real estate. And then I could tell by his reaction the ref and then the, the replay that it was clearly a touchdown. And that was a big one for us as an offense to uh, be able to kind of strengthen our lead, um, gain, gain some momentum back, uh, and again, come away with seven instead of three. I uh, can't say enough how much of a difference that makes in the outcome of a game.
2: And the defense pretty much shut down uh, the Giants after that. Uh, the Vikings ended up winning 28-10. to 10, And after the game, head coach Mike Zimmer had this to say in the Vikings' winning locker room.
3: The time of possession was outstanding offensively. In the first half, it was 290 yards or something to 92. Okay, We had, uh Kirk, you were 22 of 27 with a 138 quarterback rating. <laughs> We've got a game ball here for some of the best owners in the NFL, the best owner in the NFL, who's from New York. Right. New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey. New Jersey. So,
4: uh, congratulations. Thank
3: you, guys. And I love you guys as a family. Thank God. God God. you all. On to back home.
0: <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> Uh,
2: New York, New Jersey. What difference does it make? What was really funny was
0: it was (laughs) twenty eight to ten, I think, late in the fourth. It might have still been twenty five to ten. About three and a half minutes left, and you know it looked like we were going to win. And Mister Wolf was on the sideline, and he came over to me and he said, "Great job today," and shook my hand. And I said, "Mister Wolf, the game's not over." Like, let's, let's finish yeah. this out. And he kind of was embarrassed for a second. And he goes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and, and then after the game, as I'm walking up the field, he happened to be walking near me. And I went over and shook his hand and said, now it's over. Now it's over. We can enjoy it. He was pretty happy. And I even heard the Viking fans when they were doing the skull chant. Uh, Adam Thielen told me, I didn't notice, but, um, they were doing the skull chant behind our bench, you know, with 30 seconds left and Mr. Will started doing it with them. And then they started chanting, Ziggy, Ziggy, and he loved it. He was on cloud nine to go to where he is from. I believe they grew up pretty passionate Giants fans. They were. Yeah, and to get it was a big win deal for meant them. a lot yeah. to them. So that was fun.
2: Kirk, you took great lengths you mentioned last week to stay focused on what happens uh, in this building um, and block out the outside noise. You've mentioned that a couple of times. It turned out to be uh, quite the, uh, the firestorm, if you want to use that word. Uh, and So what were your thoughts as the week progressed? You had the dig situation, and you're preparing for a football game in New York. Well,
0: I'll tell you, it's not my first rodeo. Uh, You know, this is, I don't know, I've started probably 70-some games in this league, and let me tell you, they haven't all been positive. And um, you learn that, you know, and I say this, it sounds cliche, but tough times don't last, tough people do. And you go through a tough time, a tough week, a tough stretch, and you just have to keep going. You can't quit, you can't stop, you can't be discouraged to the point of it affecting your play. And, um, just try to keep my head down, keep working and know that it'll turn. Good things will happen. We'll start making throws. We've completed too many passes in this league and had too much success to believe that it's not going to turn. And, um, you know, it was nice to have a great offensive showing and get a win, but, uh, What's so key is that you string some together now, and that's really where my focus goes is is how can we turn this into more and more wins and really get ahead of the pack and be in the race to win this
2: division. Uh, but when you have that uh, situation going on, how do you move forward from that?
0: Well, you know, you, you ignore the noise and you just go play. You know, I have enough to worry about reading Antoine Bethea as the middle safety. Is he in single high? Is he in quarter, quarter half? And then where do I go accordingly? And feeling the pass rush and finding my check down and knowing what my footwork is and being able to diagnose a blitz and change the protection, understanding the snap count, you know, working with the crowd noise. I got enough going on my plate to worry about all the other junk that's out there. And so, If you really understood what my preparation looks like, I mean, I get in on a Thursday to study third downs, and I'm there for 12 hours. You know, I mean, this isn't a, I'll see you Sunday. Until then, I'm just going to twiddle my thumbs. Um, I'm working and preparing and staying busy, and uh, and then I go home, and i got to give my son a bath and put him to bed. So, uh, you know, we we have a lot going on and a lot more to keep me focused. Uh, And so you just go do your job and do your part, do your role. And expect that if you work hard and and put your you know put your preparation in, that good things will happen and you'll make plays and other guys will contribute.
2: It's only five weeks into the season. And I think the National Football League loves the drama. It seems like it because maybe it's a week to week deal. I mean, your uh, your old coach Jay Gruden was fired uh, on, on Monday, I believe. Yeah, yesterday. So I mean, it, you never know what's going to happen in this league.
0: Yeah, you know, unfortunately, drama is what people uh, tune in for, and it it. You know, try to keep working and avoid that.
2: So let's take a break on that note, and uh, I'll let you introduce uh, our, our guest here in studio today, a young man who's really going to, I think, make some noise. we already seen it with your football team. Kirk, we have a special guest in studio uh, today, and uh, a guy who's done it the hard way, seventh-round draft pick and uh, a vital member of your team right now.
0: That's right. We've got Ola B.C. Johnson. B.C., welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank thanks you. for uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, your name's Ola B.C., but you go by B.C. around the locker room and yeah. make it easy. So yeah. uh, for fans listening, that's kind of how we call them. But uh, you grew up in Colorado and mm-hmm. went to Colorado State. Um, not a major, major program, but also Definitely still not. major Division one football at the same time. For sure. Um, Talk about your recruiting experience, and did you have a lot
1: of other offers, or was it kind of CSU and that was it? Yeah, so uh, coming out of high school, th- what there really wasn't a whole lot. Um, going into my junior year, um, or no, going into my senior year, it was that summer, um, we had a team camp, so there were like probably six teams, maybe eight teams, up at CSU, and we literally went like, it was like three a day's for three days straight, pretty much. Um, and Coach McIlwain was the head coach at the time, yep. saw me. Um, they, they'd already had some interest in me through connections and things like that. So they offered me, like, the second day of the camp. So that was my first wow. offer. That That's was great. my first college offer. Um, pretty crazy. I was excited, you know, everything. You always
0: remember your first college oh, absolutely. offer. Mom absolutely. Mom and Dad, college is going to be paid
1: for one way or another. <laughs> yeah, they love to hear that. So um then after that you know there wasn't a whole lot of buzz you know at the time there was i don't even remember those like some sports websites and saying things like that where they would keep track of your um offers and things like that mine never really came out until probably a month later mm. so uh not a whole lot of buzz even after that i had uh northern colorado offer me i had an offer from army um and really, that's about it. You it know, sounds, Wyoming, yeah. uh, my, Wyoming up north. They, they they wanted me, but I didn't really want them. So I got you. I didn't even pursue that. You played hard to get. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it, it's similar to my path. I was in a similar place. Had a couple of other offers, but um, Michigan State was the school that I said once they offered, it was uh, yeah. let's go there. You yeah. know, don't, don't need to look anywhere else. And yeah. uh, Clint Kubiak, my quarterback coach, also played at CSU. So you yeah, guys have did, that connection, you know? which yeah. is pretty
1: cool. I I found that out honestly later into the fact because. Uh, Coach Kubiak um, was re- recruiting I me mean, kind of towards the Vikings and everything like mm-hmm. that. And then um, once my stepdad got word of that, he was like, oh, wait, his yep. son played for them. So yeah, I, absolutely. I really, yeah, DB. Yeah. Now what was your path like coming out
0: of CSU when your career ends there? Are you expecting to get drafted? What was your thought process, being that you ended up a seventh-round pick, what were you thinking
1: when the senior year ended? Uh, yeah, so I, I – it really played out very well for me. I think um, coming out of CSU, I put up some all right numbers. You know, eight eight hundred yards. Um, so I knew I had a shot, and in my mind, I was confident that I was going to play in the NFL, whether it was going to yeah. be undrafted, drafted in the dang first round, whatever. You know, and that's not realistic, but I knew I was going to get an opportunity. Yep. Um, so I'm training out in Dallas, um, in McKinney, Texas, at Michael Johnson Performance. And I get a call from my wide receiver coach. And he's like, dude, you just got an invite to the combine. And I'm like, that's big. No way. That's huge. Because that's really... I. For some reason, that just gives you credibility. It. Yeah, it gives mm-hmm. you credibility. It puts you out on the map, um, and you can really show your skills. Another Colorado athlete, Philip Lindsay. Philip That was
0: partly why he didn't get drafted. Didn't get was drafted. he somehow did not get a combine invite, yeah. and it kind of hurt him,
1: heard his name, even though he had such great tape. So, anyways, combine sure. invite helped. Yeah, no, combine invite helped. So I'm out there training McKinney, working, um, have the combine in February, I think, end of February. And I think I, I, I crushed it, you That's know, great. coming
2: coming off the field. It's an important
1: job interview. Yeah.
2: Was that it? Or was there a, a pro day at all at Colorado State, or was the com- yeah, combine kind of your, there, your ticket? So there was the pro day, but, I like, going
1: back to the combine, like, I, if I didn't have the best routes, I had the top five best routes in that combine. And I told the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver coach, I was like, I, if I didn't have the best routes, it was close enough. Um... You know, I may not be the fastest guy. I ran a four-five-one, I think, um, and then all the other tests. You know, I think they're there. But you, 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 you're an athlete. You're you're there for a reason. They already know you can do most of those tests, so mm-hmm. they want to see how you do route running. I think at the end of the day, too. Well, when the Vikings drafted you, um, I got a text
0: from that Arizona receiver coach because he was my college teammate really so peter bedovinak who's the assistant receivers coach for the cardinals yeah uh, was a backup quarterback when i was at michigan state (laughs) and he's about a year or two younger than me okay and so he's gotten into coaching after he graduated from michigan state and found his way now to the nfl and he texted me immediately after you were drafted and said we wanted V (laughs) C. johnson so badly late in the draft yeah and we thought we were going to get him yeah and you guys got him he said he said you're going to like him when he gets there and so i Kind of had my antennas up when you showed up, Mm -hmm. knowing that my buddy had spoken really highly of you. That's uh, great to hear. And I think what stood out for me when you showed up is that not a lot of seventh-round picks come in and solidify themselves the way you did by the end of August. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have basically from Mm mid-May to the end of August to announce your presence, make yourself known, show up, and build trust yeah. with coaches and, and, and teammates, and uh, and you did that. And mm-hmm. so just kind of talk about that journey, too, of coming in, learning the offense, meeting all new people, moving across the country, hmm. and finding a way to separate yourself among a lot of other good
1: players to move up the depth chart. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a lot of talent on this team just coming in rookie-wise and everything like that. Uh, and I knew the biggest step for me, and I think for any rookie, is learning the playbook. Learning the playbook is the hands down the hardest really part is. of the NFL. I and think. people don't realize that people on the outside until they would have to learn it themselves. Yeah. You'd be okay now. I get it. <laughs> yeah, they they think you have to be the craziest athlete in the world to make it. You know, no, learn the playbook first, and then you can perfect your craft and things like that. So, I think that's where I just got to jump on it. You know, I, I knew I needed to learn it. I sat in my room in the hotel for two hours a night, maybe three hours a night, just. Rewriting plays down, rewriting plays down, going through over it in my head, and that that really wasn't enough for me, so then I would have <laughs> to go out on the field and you know you make mistakes you, to grow, you have to make mistakes. so I would go out there on the field, I might run the wrong route, I might block the wrong guy, coach is gonna rip me, but you know that that's when it's locked in. It's like I'm not gonna make that mistake next time, so. I think that's just how I really figured it out. And then, you know, the natural athletic ability takes over for itself once you can really play fast.
2: And we'll be right back with more from Ole B.C. Johnson right after this. You're listening to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. What was, the, what was that last day like when you found out you had made the roster, the final roster? How did you uh, call family and friends? How, how did you react well, even before the last day,
1: I, I didn't even play in the Bills game. So I was like, pre-season game. yeah, yeah. Right. So so, even
0: more rare is to go from being a seventh-round pick to getting to sit out in yes. the final preseason game. And that's somewhat happen, un- un- no. unheard of. Yes. So very unique, and that's the point I was making, was to the journey he had to really turn some heads in early August, such that by the end of August, the decision had been
1: made. Yeah, so th- that was huge for me. And then, you know, I find it. The thing is, there's not really a call in the NFL. Like, hey, you're on the team. It's just back to work. See, like we're we're here on Monday. No no news is good news. No news is good news. And then the the reality
0: is, too, when they cut it from ninety to fifty-three, you're never safe on the
1: fifty-three. And that's true. Uh,
0: You know, they're always evaluating, making decisions. And so, congratulations, you made it down to the fifty-three for now. Mm -hmm. But the second we find somebody else. No one's safe, and so it is a highly hyper-competitive environment, and that's why sitting in your hotel room two to three hours a night going over the plays – yeah. is so important, because yeah. that's how you stand out, that's how you separate yourself, and to your credit, you understood that you know right away.
2: Maybe yeah. you guys Thank could you. talk about uh, establishing a rapport on the field right yes. now, Kirk, as well, because especially working with a guy you haven't worked with as much.
0: Yeah, I've talked with, with BC about how the coaches have had a lot of trust in him, and, and he had to put things on tape to prove that, and then you know reliability becomes more important than ability sometimes mm-hmm. and if they feel like they can rely on you then they'll put you out there and and um and he even said back to me then well Kirk just as much with you right you know we have to build trust and yeah. and I have to know that I can rely on him and I have to know that I can trust him and so the more he's out there the more he plays the more you build that and, uh, you know, against the bears, he was able to get in really because of our first three games being so run dominant, the personnel groupings we were in were, you know, CJ Hammett fullback. We had multiple tight ends in the game. Didn't give a down the line receiver as many opportunities, but in the bears game late in the game, got the chance to come in. Yeah. And really, I think you showed some great stuff. Thank um, you. talk about, you know, having your first NFL catch, making
1: some plays. Did it feel like, okay, here we are. I can do this. This is just football. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's surreal. Um, But you don't have a lot of time to take it all in because it's back to the next play. You know, I mean, the next play I'm making another catch uh, for a first down. So um, it it was really exciting. Um, But it's also just football. You just got to keep going to the next play, things like that. And I think um, that's just what I try to focus on. I don't try to make the moment too big or bigger than it is. It's just football.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm.
1: well, you did a great job in that game. I thought
0: you really you. impressed and and as a result, you know your role will continue to grow and mm-hmm. I always tell people the NFL career is a marathon, not a sprint, mm-hmm. and uh, many times the outside noise will make it feel like a sprint. Mm-hmm. you know you have one bad game, and the world's ending, you have one good game, and you've got it all figured out, mm-hmm. but it really is a marathon journey, and so not so much just this season, but for seasons up ahead, you know I think you're building something special, and and you've got some great days ahead. Thank you.
2: As far as being off the field, uh, how are you? Uh, how are you adjusting to life in Minnesota? Being kind of a Red Rocks, Colorado guy, <laughs> yeah. knowing uh, you know they have a little snow out there, but you've heard the, the horror stories already about oh, coming yeah. here to Minneapolis and uh, and dealing with uh, traveling on the <laughs> roads. But what, what's it life like uh, in Minneapolis for you right now?
1: You know, right now it's it, the weather up to this point has been. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Um, I think over the summer and everything like that wasn't too humid, wasn't too hot. It it was great. Um, I got my place in Uptown, I was telling you guys before. I, I really like Uptown. There's a lot of a lot of good energy down there um and things like that just people restaurants things like that and you can walk around uh lake what do they call it well casca i I, I, I don't even know what they call it now so even harder to pronounce it honestly i sometimes call it calhoun (laughs) too so so uh yeah there's a lot of stuff to do down there and I'm, i'm adjusting pretty well you know midwest is it's very similar to colorado i don't even know sometimes people don't consider colorado midwest whatever um but i i think a lot of the people are really nice you know uh, a lot of great restaurants to eat a lot of things to see so i don't know the adjustment hasn't been too bad that's great
0: yeah. now uh uh we talked earlier about your name olabisi mm-hmm. i understand it's nigerian yeah
1: your dad's nigerian yeah so my grandfather actually named me olabisi and it means to bring prosperity to the family um and i trying to do that, you know, every day. <laughs> Just working, working. Um, and then I I really think that Nigerians back in the day, you know, and even now, like a lot of families, they want you to go to school, go to college, get your degree, go work, make money for the family, but they don't want you to play sports. Okay. A lot of times I don't think it's... It's not it's, in the culture. Yeah, it's not in the culture to go play sports. Like if you're playing sports, you're, you, you kind of you're done. Like, we don't really mess with you anymore. So um, now I think people are realizing that there's a lot of success. And um, maybe Nigerians are built for this, you know, maybe they're built for the athletic athleticism of the, the game of football or just any sport in general, because there's a lot of opportunity there for anybody. So I think that's really where Nigerians are maybe changing the culture now. Sure. Well, Ifadi Denebo and yeah.
0: Oliudo are two other young mm-hmm. players who I think have bright futures as well in this league, and there's Absolutely. other Nigerians around the league. So stay tuned. It'll be pretty interesting to, interesting to see if the game grows over there. Yeah. Um, well, BC, thanks so much for coming on the show. I yeah, really appreciate I you. I really uh, appreciate you guys. And we're excited to build, uh, build that trust like we talked about mm-hmm. and just continue to grow in this and have you be a receiver here for a long time is going to make a lot of big plays. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: Thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much. johnson kirk cousins now we turn the page and get ready for the philadelphia eagles back at u.s bank stadium where you mentioned at the beginning of the year win the home games that's a yes. uh, huge game on sunday to say the least against a team that was that won the super bowl at u.s well, bank stadium just a short point. time ago
0: it's a great point that was where they won it um really good football team having played in the nfc east i've played the eagles many many times and every time has been a battle i have great respect for their players um you know, many of them have been there a long time. You know, I think of Brandon Graham as a pass rusher. When I think of Malcolm Jenkins, you know, they've been kind of mainstays in this league and for the Philadelphia Eagles for a while. I think Carson Wentz is one of the best young quarterbacks in this league, and there are a few of them, but he's certainly one of them. Very talented, and um, you know, no lead is ever safe with with him and with that offense and with Zach Ertz. So, really good football team, and coming to town to play us in our place. I think it's going to be a great test for us. And I think, you know, in our three wins, they have been, you know, leads we've had early, or Mm -hmm. you could say early in the second half pulled away. I don't see that game being like this. I think it's going to be a four quarter fight. Maybe it takes more than four quarters, but um, uh, this is going to be a battle to the finish, as it usually is when you play the Eagles.
2: Let's go to uh, some of our phone calls. Uh, Not shockingly, people have nice things to say (laughs) after you win a football game, but let's hear from some of the Viking fans out there.
4: Hey, Kirk, this is Jason in New Jersey, one of your biggest fans. I just want to say you had a heck of a game today. I'm so proud of you and the team. I think you should have a a fiery pregame speech next week against the Eagles. Huge game in the conference. But just hats off to you and kudos to the whole team for a great win over the Giants. School Vikings. A lot of
2: Viking fans (laughs) at that stadium as well.
0: Yeah, it's been outstanding to see week to week when we travel on the road, how many Vikings fans we get. And then if you're winning late in the game, you really feel it. But uh, even in warm-ups, you notice there's a lot of purple and gold. And um, there's even some places you'll go where purple and gold can outnumber the home team. And um, there's not many teams in the league that can claim that. I mean, there are a few, but the Vikings are one of them. And it makes a big difference because to go into any road environment and get a win is very difficult. So when you can have a little bit of momentum or emotional you know, backing from the stands, it makes a difference. All right, let's go to our next caller.:
2: Hey guys, uh, my name's Charlie. I live in Apple Valley, Minnesota. I know you get a lot of criticism, but just know, there are many of us that would rather reinforce you and, and support you through all of this.
4: and me being one of those people. I got your back, Kirk. I root for you. And I believe in you. I believe in this team, and just keep focusing one week at a time, Kirk. You are a talented quarterback. Keep it together. We can do
2: this.
0: full baby. Yeah, one week at a time is a key mantra because it is such a roller coaster, and you have to look at each game as its own entity, and, and then whatever happens, flush it and move on. Uh, you can't allow a, a successful game to carry over and, and take your edge off for the next one, and you can't allow a, uh, a tough loss to be a discouragement such that it affects your next one. And so um, – I appreciate the support. Um, I know that if if we win, uh, everybody's happy, and if we lose, nobody's happy. And so you got to go out there and, and earn earn the support of people by the way you play and the way you win. And you know we're going to try to do that here for the next uh, eleven
2: weeks and and then beyond. In the words of Bob Hagan, we don't have time for two more. We have time for one more. So let's go to one our last caller.
4: Hey Kirk, it's uh, Ray Hewitt calling from Winnipeg, Canada. I'm a longtime well, fan. I just wanted to say you're a talent, man. I pray for you every now and again to have the courage to face the the nutty U.S. media and to rise above all the crazy noise oh, that comes media. with that uh, a throughout an NFL season. But if I would say anything to you in uh, such a short time, it would be this. Be you. Uh, be that. Uh, you like that guy, actually. The guy with the natural talent. Sometimes I think we can uh, put too much pressure on ourselves as to what the O.C. or what the coach or what the media or what the players you know, want us to do just be you, man. You have the natural talent to be great. You know that. You know, try and shut out the noise. Uh, don't be afraid to dare a little more during the games. God will cover you. You know that. Anyways, looking forward to watching a lot more games and have no doubt about your potential and what you can do. No doubt whatsoever. Go for it, man. School.
0: That's awesome. It's, it's amazing to hear how perceptive the fans are. You know, as far he lives in Winnipeg, it's not like he's down the street and yet. They can just kind of sense things, and, and that was a good word. And there's no doubt that I, I play better when I have an edge to me, when that guy who yelled, you like that, comes out. And um, believe me, the, the last week has brought that guy out a little bit in me, and there's some fire there and some edge. And uh, um, and I, that's when I played better. And so I'm going to try to channel that, like you said, every week going forward and have a little edge to me. Um, And, you know, this, this game requires that, I think, to play at a high level. So... Great call and and appreciate his support and you know I'll have to tell Brett Jones our our uh, backup center that we had a Canadian call in and uh, you know it's great to have that a lot of
2: Canadian Football League fans up there too <laughs> well all eyes will be on you again on Sunday and uh, again the pressure cooker keep, keeps on popping and the can can Kirk do this can he beat the Eagles right, at home right. it's a week week by thing so I mean you're gonna you are gonna have to have an edge to you on Sunday
0: oh yeah you know this is a big game and we're gonna get tested every week we're playing a good football team every week um but the eagles are where our focus is and i and i can speak from experience we all can cuz we've played them so many times but this is a team that i respect and i find it to be a great challenge and we've had some great battles through the years have been on both sides of this game and um uh, uh, both sides in terms of wins or losses and so it's going to be a four quarter fight and um Boy, I know U.S. Bank will be rocking, and and, uh, we got to be ready to give them a show.
2: I can tell you this, Viking fans, do not forget the NFC Championship game and how the Eagle fans treated the Viking fans. I was in Philadelphia that game, so uh, it will be extra, extra loud on Sunday. That I can (laughs) guarantee you. There's a lot of pent-up frustration and they'll they'll be hearing, so maybe that will work in your favor. Good luck on Sunday against the Eagles, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week, where you've been listening to Under Center with Kirk Cousins.